Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. Hey, everyone. Here we are, January 2023. And the overarching theme for 2023 is be expansive. And I had mentioned in my solo show that 2023 for me was always kind of a futuristic age. And now here we're in that. And so I invite you to ask yourself how you want to live in 2023. And so with be expansive as the overarching theme, the theme for January is beauty, be for beauty. And this is the definition of beauty. I'm going to read it to you. The quality present in a thing or person that gives intense pleasure or deep satisfaction to the mind, whether arising from memory, sensory manifestations, or a meaningful design or pattern, but something that gives deep satisfaction and pleasure, beauty. So where do you have beauty in your life? And and where do you need to kind of spruce it up? And I'm not talking about you physically. I'm talking about maybe your surroundings, maybe, uh, maybe shifting up the energy in your home by moving the furniture around so it feels more expansive and beautiful or buying that piece of artwork or that print or something, that plant, and bringing it into your home so you can feel the beauty, it, it enliven the beauty in in your home space because when we have beauty in our home it soaks into our heart and when we leave the house we still bring that beauty that energetic feeling of intense pleasure and meaning with us beauty who knew enjoy our show this this month so hello everyone I've already got chills from the moment I met this woman her energy is just fabulous. And so I'm just going to tell you just a brief thing because I I got I got an amazing person you're about to meet. Her credentials are stellar. So I'm going to be speaking with Jude Curvin and she is a cosmologist, planetary healer, futurist, but she also has a master's degree in physics, so watch out everybody, and she's got a doctorate in archaeology. And she's written this book that I just think is a fabulous story. It's called The Story of Gaia. And the subtitle is The Big Breath and the Evolutionary Journey of Our Conscious Planet. So Jude, thank you so much for joining me today. Susan, it's my great pleasure. And, you know, the start of what I'm inviting everybody to see is instead of just a new year, a new era. I'm so excited about this year. So thank you for inviting me. Oh my God, I got chills again because it is a new era. And we're here on Earth Gaia at the absolute opportune time to help facilitate this new era or era, as you said. I love how you do a play on words. So 
your book, I was saying this before we started recording, I really am enjoying it. It, um, every chapter you've started with either um, a writing from your inner meditation and uh, observation post in the um, non-physical world, let's put it that way, of, of the evolution of planet earth of Gaia, but you also have other uh, personal stories in it. And then you explain from the beginning in a different way than most scientists have explained. And in, in a very um, meticulous way, in some places I found uh, how the earth and the evolutionary process of the planet and human consciousness. Well, I, I would assume that includes animals and rocks and plants too. It's just the whole consciousness because we're all one, right? We're all in exactly, it. Exactly. So it, it, explain first everybody why you are saying the big breath as opposed to the big bang. Well, I guess, Susan, you as I, and, and I guess most of the folks watching us and being with us uh, today, were taught at school that our universe began. We now, the best estimate of the timing of that was around 13.8 billion years ago, but as a big bang. And we now know it wasn't big. <laughs> It wasn't a bang. Um, we've, we've, you know, the, the the term big bang was always slightly facetious because it was always realised that our universe began in its tiniest state. But the if I if I ask you what does bang, you know, you say the word bang, what does that mean to you? Uh, explosion, uh, you know, fiery, scary yeah. stuff. Absolutely. Chaos, explosion. And we now know that it was not like that at all. It was incredibly ordered and exquisitely fine tuned from that very first moment. And so instead of a big bang, I felt that the term big breath actually on many levels describes the reality, not just at that first moment, but as an ongoing big breath ever since. So space has expanded and time has flowed forward from that first moment of incredible order and exquisite fine tuning. It's been literally our universe has, has, has existed and evolved through this big breath. And of course, that also reflects and honors ancient wisdom, which talks about the nature of our universe as the out breath of Brahma. The yes. ancient Indian traditions, there's the word for breath, prana, is the same word for spirit. So on all these different levels, we now know we have the evidence, the scientific evidence, that also is the, is the wisdom teachings perspective. Of our I universe. love how it gets intertwined together, mm. you know, and you guys, Jude is a physicist. So, you know, to, to speak about spirit and Brahma and the breath and, and all of that is, it, it, it was exactly what I had been waiting for, you know, to hear that. Yes. Because, and I'd love, it's very encouraging your story of Gaia, the story of Gaia, uh, Jude, because it's not a, it's not a scary story. You know, a lot of people are doing uh, the fear of, you know, the earth is going to implode, explode or whatever. And it's a beautiful loving, expansive story about growth and evolution for the planet, the solar system, the soul 
our system that Jude likes to say. I love that. It makes me feel warm and not scared. I'm so I'm so wholeheartedly happy you said that, Susan, because, you know, I, I didn't write it to <laughs> I say this with great love. I didn't write it to make you happy. <laughs> I wrote it. Because I, that, I, I wrote it because that's the reality of the evidence that we have that, you know, our, we've been taught um, a, a worldview of a universe that's essentially without meaning or purpose. We've been yeah. taught paradigm and materialism and separation, and I'm not going through a blame game of that, but we now have the evidence that expands beyond that into a universe, a living, conscious, evolving universe, which has innate meaning and evolutionary purpose. And so we have innate meaning and evolutionary purpose because we're an innate part of it. We're microcosms of its intelligence and its grandeur and its majesty. And I feel we are being invited to literally wake up, to remember we're inseparable. And we are these potentially co-evolutionary partners of our planetary home guy and the whole universe. And what an invitation is that? Oh, it's huge. It's huge. And um, for those of us who have been doing inner work and transformation and transmutation, um, the last few years, well, the last couple of decades, but the last three years with the pandemic, it was, I really do feel that the pandemic was an initiation for humanity and an invitation to either, (laughs) either wake up, grow up, evolve or choose to just leave and many of us are still here we're choosing the expansive view that you you describe in your book the story of Gaia absolutely and interestingly um I do talk about viruses as as one of the oldest if not the oldest and simplest in that sense of Gaia's organic children but you know when you look at the story of her as a planetary mother, nurturing continuing evolution and and, and, and biological evolution. Viruses have been the most extraordinary evolutionary change agents, you know, for the last getting on for 4 billion years. So, and they're also the smallest of her biological children. So the fact this tiniest, oldest, ostensibly simplest, but not so simple virus is is the one that's literally as you say stopped us in our tracks and offered us it seems to me too with all the challenges that opportunity of an initiation and awaking um Mm -hmm. then it's our choice as to how we respond to this right and and whether we we uh learn and evolve while we're in body or continue on and learn and evolve in, in on the unseen side, which is what I like to call it, the unseen side of life. Um, so let's talk about the simplicity to complexity. And um, you talk about that a lot in the beginning of the book. And you say, well, let, let me just read the, the first sentence I had to underline and read a few times. But um, you say, under the introduction, big breath, the reality of our universe it's meaningfully is it's meaningfully informed and holographically manifest appearance of space time 
and energy matter emerges from non-physical realms of causation and intelligence. Now, to me, that's pretty simple. That makes a lot of sense to me. But to some people, that's like a, a, a construct that they don't even want to comprehend because it's, it's beyond, I don't know. I, I just think it's very simple and easy. Yeah. And, and again, going back to ancient wisdom, this was, you know, the, the wisdom traditions, for example, of ancient India spoke to this in, in, in this exact way, that the appearance of our universe is not its most fundamental reality. It doesn't mean that our universe isn't real. It just means that its appearance of energy and matter and space and time literally emerge from deeper levels of intelli cosmic intelligence and causation. Now, the reason that this is so important is that, well, first of all, the, the physics of, of quantum physics and mm -hmm. relativity physics actually can only work if there are those deeper levels of non-physical arising. Oh, really? Universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and also quantum physics requires that our entire universe exists and evolves as a unified entity. Now, that is, is really something that is vital because it means that we are literally not just interdependent with the whole universe. We are inseparable from the whole universe. And that puts a completely different perspective on who we are, how we are with each other, how we are with our planetary home and beyond. And, and just to say that with this, um, the science now, is, is being discovered at all scales of existence and many, many different fields of research to the extent that the Nobel Prize in Physics a couple of months ago were given to three researchers who'd been researching this unified, this unified understanding of our universe for decades. And you don't give the Nobel Prize to a good idea. Right. Right. They, they didn't even give it to Einstein for relativity because they said, well, you know, it's OK, it's theory, but, you know, it's not yet settled. So he won. Einstein got his Nobel Prize for, for, for something called the photoelectric effect. These guys got their prize a couple of months ago for the evidence and the theoretical framing that our universe exists and evolves as a unified entity and it's a unified entity that is innately living intelligent mindful i love all this i just love this is like um having an ice cream sundae with lots of cherries on top i just love all this um because because what that says to me is it's not just if when because everybody's really kind of got a come to this comprehension when we understand that we're in a unified field a unified evolutionary connection to to source energy or to the the cosmos or to whatever whatever unexplicable adjective you want to put on that thing that it is when we get that then to me jude then wars are unnecessary it's not just they're unnecessary. They're, you know, I, I talk about us having at the moment a collective dis-ease of separation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the, you know, so our choice at the most fundamental is do we wake up 
to remember that we're inseparable. And, and by the way, this is really important. Unity doesn't mean uniformity. Unity is expressing radical, exquisite, wondrous diversity. But it's yes. not separate. So the point is, if we have a worldview of separation, which we have been taught, and materialism, then you're right. Wars, inequalities, injustices, exploitations, they're actual natural behaviours. But with the evidence we now have that's converging with universal wisdom teachings that turn all of that on its head, then instead of um, conflicts being a natural behaviour, peace, as you say, justice, inclusion. Yeah, I talk about this being the science of love. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that. Well, there was one phrase in your book that caught me, and it was the potency of evolutionary diversity. Yes. And I love that that entire statement because I think that's what we are experiencing right now, evolutionary diversity. And so in 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 evolving and and experiencing, seeing, witnessing diversity in all areas, not just in humanity, but the plants, the animals, and no. then we can recognize the that we can still be one, but it's okay if we're a little different. It's okay if we're radically different. You know, this is the joy of this, that, the, you know, what the evidence is showing us, indeed, that our universe exists and evolves in its wholeness as a unified entity, that it is innately meaningful and purposeful, that it is. Mind and consciousness aren't something we have. They're literally what we and the whole world are. And... We've only just, as, 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 as human beings, as spiritual beings having a human experience, we've only just touched the potential for us to continue to consciously evolve. And, you know, I love what you just said about diversity, but I'd go a step further, two steps further, actually, because the nature of us being inseparable from each other and the whole world, and yet unique, means for me that unity is not just expressed in diversity, but take a step further, inclusion, take a step even further, belonging. Because we oh, belong. We don't even have to, you know, when I was a kid, I was terrible at games. Well, I was quite good at some games, but not so good at others. So I was always a, the kid on the end of the line, wanting to be invited into the team, you know, invited into the team. But with belonging, you, we don't need to be invited because we belong. So what this is showing is we belong with each other, with our planetary home, Gaia, and with our whole universe. So it's such a journey of homecoming, but it's also for, oh. you know, an invitation to evolve into this magical, wondrous adventure that we've only, we've only just, we're only just waking up to realize that it could be. Well, and that it is, we and just have is. to, Absolutely. like you said, and I love that I, you're a step further with inclusion and then belonging, because it seems to me with the, the people that I interact with and the, my clients and, um, and what I'm witnessing that the, the angst, the fear, the anger, the um, sorrow is because people think they aren't included, that they don't belong, that you know, we're, uh, you know, all the mass shootings that are happening that seem random, 
right? But they're not. Mm-hmm. All the mass shootings that are going on, it's usually individuals or groups that don't feel included and they don't feel like they belong. And they, and they, or they form groups like in the United States currently mm-hmm. that exclude people. Exactly. But this is this worldview of separation, and we've been on this journey. Yeah. For, so, I mean, I'm not going to blame or, or judge it in any way because I feel that actually on an evolutionary level, it's a journey that has really brought us into a sense of our individuation. But what I would say is we've taken it to the extreme and we've instead of realised that, you know, uh, as, as actors do when they put on a costume, that there's something that, you know, they can take the costume of and, and, and that's them. We've become method actors in this play <laughs> of illusory separation. And it's like, you know, as my mum used to say, get over yourselves. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so in yeah. that, I think we've come to this point where that journey's stretched us in that direction way far enough. And what's the joy for me as a cosmologist is actually, and, and many other hats, of course, is, is that the evidence, we now have the evidence that that appearance of separation is yeah. truly illusory, that unity is our existential foundation and reality. And it's what the ancient wisdom uh, people, practitioners, writers talked about for... Millennia, millennia. And, and you know, the indigenous... Our, our indigenous um, kin, who I've had incredible privilege to, to, to be with for, for a lot of times, talk of the web of life. We are mm-hmm. intrinsically part of that web of life that is universal and multidimensional. As you say, you talked about the unseen realms. I mean, what this is also inviting us is to engage with, communicate with, and learn from the wisdom of unseen realms, to naturalize that as part of our innate um, understanding and experience. Well, and the unseen realms or dimensions have always been here. So it's not like they're just suddenly, you know, uh, a Star Trek Voyager went out and saw, oh, there's another dimension. No, they've always, always always been been. here. Yeah. Yeah. It's just progressed over the last period of time. We've just done this and this. We've, you know, closed our eyes, shut our ears. And now we're literally waking up again, but we're now moving onward. So I don't see it as sort of going back. I see all of that wisdom coming through and that always available to us, you know, us into that relationship, those relationships as we go forward. So, so Jude, just to turn a corner here, um, because our time is getting a little short, uh, the story of Gaia. Um, I haven't gotten to the end, but tell me there's a happy ending. Like, there's you know, planet. lots of people are running, running around going, oh, my God, we're killing planet Earth. It's going to, you know, she's going to throw us all off, the, you know, kick us to the curb or the cosmos and and we'll have to find a new home. So happy story ending. Happy story to this point and a ch- point of choice, a point of collective choice. Happy ending to this point. What I complete the book, because this is the second book of a trilogy. So the first book was the cosmic hologram with all of this understanding, you know, this cosmological understanding. This second book is literally the story that goes on from there is this story of an evolutionary universe and all that we shared. 
And it completes by inviting us to realize that the story of our universe is our story. You know, we're often told that we're stardust. We are, but the hydrogen in our bodies is as old as the entire universe itself. Mm. We go mm. back to the, wet, the very beginning and the universe has evolved to this point of us, our planetary home and us. And so I invite everyone to please consider that beyond describing ourselves as human beings, where we have a, a relationship of some sort or other with Earth, to really begin to experience Gaia as a sentient being, an evolutionary being of which we are her, both her children and potentially co-evolutionary partners. So to see ourselves, to experience ourselves as Gaians. Ha! Gaians. For her to flow through her, us to flow through her, it's a profound change and, and an evolutionary perspective to understand and experience and embody ourselves as Gaians. Love that. And, and, and what I'm hearing underneath what you're saying is as we, as Gaians, uh, wake up and evolve, we give back. Right. Because it's all connected We're, you, you know, Earth is giving to us as, exactly. you know, feeding us and sheltering us. But we give back as our consciousness then comes back into the, an energetic support system for Gaia. Yes, we literally I, I feel and the evidence is supporting this that our entire universe and Gaia is inviting us to wake up, as you say, to, to, to wake up, to grow up, to clean up to show up, to literally, instead of unruly kids, yeah, <laughs> naughty teenagers, bad teenagers, not bad, but <laughs> certainly naughty, yes. um, to, to become her, co, her conscious co-evolutionary partners in her ongoing evolutionary purpose and progress, and therefore our evolutionary progress and purpose. I love that. Conscious co-evolutionary partners. Jude, I, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for the work that you do, that you've done, how you're presenting it now in, the, in this trilogy, which I didn't know was a trilogy, so I'm getting the first book and wait for the third and, uh, with bated breath. But thank you so much for who you are and being exactly who you are and and giving us more um, evidence that's easily discernible and understandable so that each of us can evolve. So thank you so much. Susan, really. thank you so much. And you know what I love is is we're doing it together because we're all we're all fellow travelers and companions on this journey. So I talk about us linking up, lifting up leveling up lighting up what an amazing new era <laughs> we can open and serve and what an amazing invitation to us yes yes our beloved planetary home Gaia thank you so I've been talking with Jude Curavan the, the book is the story of Gaia 
and I invite you, you guys to get it. This is kind of one of those that you probably need to have on your bookshelf and revisit as things grow and change and evolve in this new era so that there's a, there's, because you'll have deep understanding as you read this book. That's been my experience. So Jude, thanks for joining me today. I am so grateful. And um, I think we're going to have to have a conversation later in the year to just kind of check in and see where we are. I'd be delighted to. Susan, just let me know. I'd love that. Thank you. I would love it too. So until next time, and so it is, namaste. Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go to susanburrell.com. You can see all of the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, A 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website. And just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at Susan at SusanMorell.com. That's it for today. See you next time.